On this episode of AV Week, Infocom has new digital badges. The brand is getting into the shade and lighting control. Plus, MIT has developed Glasses 3 3D. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Biamp. This is AV Week, episode 258, recorded Friday, August 5th, 2016. Throw in shade. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. With us this week, my buddy, pal, left-hand side of my brain, all-around good guy, Mr. George C. Tucker. How are you, sir? George C. Tucker. George C. Scott. George C. behind me. Yes. All right. Greetings, everyone. Greetings and salutations. (laughs) Greetings and salutations. Also with us is Bradford Ben uh, from Harmon International. Welcome, sir. No, no, no. Today I'm on vacation. Oh, I'm sorry. Hence the fact is, you know... My opinions are only my own opinions. I speak for no one else, including my wife, my dog, and my employer. Also, pay attention this week. I'm giving away a Finn bobblehead. Also, by the way, Tim has already lost control of the show. About an hour because ago. Because he made the mistake of introducing me. All right. Next up to is... my left is <laughs> Adrian Boyd. I will do this Adrian, one. why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Good afternoon, everyone. It's Adrian, the AV Cat Guy on Twitter, and... Resident designer, engineer at uh, AVI St. Louis. AVI Systems St. Louis. Also with us yes. is uh, Christian Doggle. Christian is from New Maskin. Welcome, sir. Hi. Welcome. Yeah, I'm bringing here the European perspective, too, as we just established a business as subsidiary in San Francisco for our semantic skin vaults, and I'm happy to join the discussion. Good luck with that, sir. You uh, have you, no idea what you're in you, for. You, you have joined an auspicious... Next are going five rounds, bare-knuckle Let's boxing. See. You're going five minutes. Five <laughs> rounds. Let's see. Go ahead. And in the other corner, the foil to my aluminum, Mr. Bradley Grimes, a fine <laughs> Chicago Blackhawks fan. We're not so sure about the Red Sox, but I don't understand baseball. Good to have you on this afternoon, Bradley. How are you? Hey Bradford, good to have good to be here. All right, totally, totally rattled. So here's the thing. So here, but we we send out stories, and we're like, okay, these are the stories we're going to do. Very rarely do we have breaking news in the AV industry. This is not exactly breaking, but it's something that's happened in the last couple of hours. A number of Infocom connected folks, employees as well as volunteers, over the last couple of days have posted uh, what I'm going to refer to as a digital badge. Brad, you can correct me if I'm if I'm mistaking it or miss speaking this um, or not i'm going to bring up uh, our good pal uh chuck espinoza's badge for uh, i believe it's ctsi um so here's it's it's with uh, your your acclaim.com it's a badge and you know you have to have a, an account with them it lists what a ctsi is um and he can post this on different places i saw chuck's on facebook um bradford saw it on uh, on twitter this morning as well as a, a number of other folks I saw Krista Benders on Facebook last night as well. Real quickly, explain what a badge is 
and the process that you guys are in currently with this. So, uh, and thanks for uh, indulging me and in, and uh, letting us talk about this. So, the the CTS badges. Well, back up a second. I mean, one of the uh, pieces of feedback we get from a lot of CTS holders and people who are interested in CTS is um, they're looking for assistance in how to communicate the value. What does it mean to be a CTS? Because uh, as as many of as, as the people in this industry understand what it means. If you go into uh, a hiring director's office or an HR office uh, and you try to explain to them what it means to be a CTS, um, you know, it takes a lot of explanation uh, at this point in time. Uh, and so one of the things that we've done to uh, address this request from CTS holders is create digital badges. And what these digital badges do is you can attach them to your LinkedIn profile or Facebook or whatever you use most to communicate with uh, employers in the outside world, uh, clients, uh, and they can click through and they can see exactly what you did to become a CTS, what it means, what the criteria were, the fact that it's an ANSI accredited standard. It's all there in what's called uh, you know, a digital badge. Um, it's run by a com uh, it's run by a group called Acclaim, which is part of uh, Pearson, which runs our CTS uh, testing program, um, and it's currently being rolled out in in phases. and the And the folks you're seeing um, putting their CTS badges out uh, on, on social now are uh, uh, Infocom CTS holders, folks in the CTS certification committee. So it's going to roll out in phases, but what will happen is all 10,000 plus, and I think it's close to 10,500 CTS, CTSI, CTSD holders will get an email from Infocom in the, uh, I believe it's week or so, um, giving them the opportunity to add the digital badge um, to whatever they want. It's not required, obviously, but it is, again, something that we're providing in response to a perceived need in the market to better uh, explain the program, what it means, what it is you're able to do for people, um, and uh, you can just add it on LinkedIn or Facebook or, again, whatever you use to communicate in social media. All right. Mr. Bradford Ben. Yes, sir. What uh, were your main concerns and or questions? Well, actually, to be honest, as you see, I, I'm holding up my brand spanking new, just got it in the mail yesterday, CTS welcome folder. Congratulations. Thank you. So it's now 10,501. Uh, ask Chuck the story about that. It's uh, an interesting story. Uh, but the, the concern I had was, is a... Is, what's, what is it? It just appeared out of nowhere. It was, is, a, is your claim another media site I have to pretend to care about, uh, like Ello was, or Google Wave, or dare I say Google Plus? Oh, they censored me. Uh, Google Plus, some of these sites that aren't so big, and they just popped out of nowhere. Uh, I think the fact that Infocom is helping us as CTS holders spread the message as to why this is important is good. I think the fact it came out of nowhere and seemed to be seeded across people was where a lot of the confusion came. And I know I speak for our friend A.V. Grump, Harry Mead, who's also here, as well as a couple other people who are uh, persnickety like I am, uh, were confused by it. Uh, and it was more of the, okay, what is this? Where did it come from? How is this different than all these other social media that we're doing? Because we didn't have the backstory. And I do have to tip my hat to Infocom and to Mr. Grimes, yes, 
I'll actually call him Mr. Grimes for actually coming on and reacting nice. quickly to this. Uh, of the yes, you know, this is a question that membership has and wanted to know more about, and it, we probably could have handled the questions better, but it's not the typical tone on Twitter, and unfortunately, in 140 characters, you can't always get it. But it was more of the, where is this? Why don't I have one? What's the secret handshake? Uh, what is your claim? You know, all that type of stuff. Because to me, I was just going to put a link to my profile on the CTS page and put it on a, on a copy of my resume. But now I can just put the acclaim badge on and all that. So I see the benefit of it now that it's been explained. Uh, I will say I think it adds value. I think as Mr. Grimes and I have spoken previously in back channels, there was probably some moving pieces parts that got confusing. Uh, not like that's ever happened to me. Anyone seen my humble opinion on Aviation recently? That's a whole other story. Sorry, inside pool. Uh, so that was where I came from. I think it's a benefit, though, uh, overall, because now that I have taken a CTS exam, and I'm planning on taking more because Chuck and I have a bet, uh, I can see how it's something to be proud of. Uh, there are still things I have questions about, but I think... Infocom taking a step to help show the value of it is good. I think. And, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm sorry, Brian. And your your questions were totally legit. Everyone's question. I mean, it's a it's a very social. A digital badge is a very electronic social thing. It moves very quickly. Um, and like I said, you know, all CTSs are going to get uh, an email basically saying, you know, this is what we're doing. It's gonna. We're, we're we have a lot of explanation going on out there now. Um, and, you know, I, I just hope that, uh, you know, by talking about this, um, people will be willing to look at it and consider it. We're obviously not telling everybody that they have to, to do this. It's a, it's, you know, it's a free feature of them being a CTS. And uh, what we hope is that, you know, when they go, you know, when, when an HR manager starts poking around online and goes to their LinkedIn profile and they can click on their badge and say, oh, okay, this, this person can do all these things and this person is an ANSI certified professional, that it helps you all, um, you know, get more jobs, get, uh, get great opportunities and uh, hopefully be, uh, you know, have, have nothing but upside. So uh, I just appreciate the uh, opportunity to come on and explain it. The other thing, real quickly before we let you go, the, uh, the other thing I liked uh, on Chuck's, it, it shows when he achieved it, so when he when he earned the CDS, and when it expires, yep. right? So for Bradford's, it'll say, what, July of 2016, it'll expire, correct me if I'm wrong, Brad, four years, five years? Three, three years, three, three years. years. So three years, so it'll expire in 2019. Bradford has until then to get his 30 uh, re renewal units for that one. Oh, I'm going to have him in, in October after I teach SanadCon class. You all should come you to You get it. 30 credits for teaching SanadCon? Yes, I do. Wow. All right. Uh, any other questions for Mr. Grimes before we let him get out of here? And we actually, we I we should show Mr. Grimes because I decide he's going to be our trivia question for me giving away my Finn bobble autographed. <laughs> autographed by you, not actually autographed Finn. Autographed by me, Just not by anyone important. Clarify that. Uh, I'll throw in an AV Tweep sticker. What <laughs> hockey team is Mr. Grimes representing during this fine August podcast? And you have to be watching the video for that. So Exactly. And, and, and we'll put a contact form up on the webpage so that you can submit your answer directly. Uh, we'll even pay shipping internationally. Uh, you have until Friday, August 12th to enter. And at the next episode, I will draw a winner from all of the correct answers. So there you go. 
<laughs> no purchase necessary. Complete fun. Nothing required. Blah blah blah. No money has changed hands. Cannot no, this be... is not a lottery in any way, shape, or no. form. So I'm thrilled. Cannot... To, I'm thrilled to make play a small part in making someone so happy this week. <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. Thanks, guys. All right. Have Thank a great you. weekend. Thank you, you too. All right. We all get our Christian, badges. sorry what you've walked into. You, we've completely lost the show. No, already. it was a good. It was a good couple minutes. It was longer than I expected, but it was a good couple minutes. With good. me involved, it was longer than you expected. I still have a, a monicum of of expectations. Yes. Yes. So, all right. So, Legrand is, comes to us from our <laughs> buddies over at commercialintegrator.com. Legrand acquires Solar Effective, expands shading portfolio to commercial markets. Going to read from this really quickly. Uh, according to the company announcement, the integration of Solar Effective's shading systems with Legrand's active lighting control will enable Legrand to coordinate these various lighting systems, providing architects, designers, specifiers, and facilities managers with a broad strategic range of energy-efficient commercial lighting solutions. Good Lord, that was a press release I've ever heard one. Um, Mr. Tucker, I'm going to bring you on this one uh, for a couple of reasons. First of all, George uh, helps produce one of our, our lighting shows. Legrand has been doing a lot of purchasing lately with this one uh, and with a couple others that go down the line of commercial lighting. Who exactly are they going after with these purchases? Like what company do you think they're, they've gotten their sights? Well, I think it could be both, but I think it's focused on commercial, right? I mean, okay. energy is where it's at. Everybody wants to be able to tie in that kind of stuff. And it's, I don't want to use the term loosely, but it is a Trojan horse of many ways because you start you start to enter control. You start to enter realms in which you can expand a line based on a, an architecture that says, hey, we've got this thing that does shades, but can it connect to other stuff and do other things? Uh, shades themselves are great, especially in commercial, because you are load shedding. You are trying to manage daylighting. You are trying to manage energy levels in general. So that is a big part of it. I mean, what's the one thing that all those home renovation shows try to tell you is you know to save energy and you know in the winter raise up your your uh your, your uh, shades and then uh, when it gets dark bring them down same in summer down and up first right so i mean there's a lot going on there look at the new york times building in new york city a lot of its energy savings and its lead standard or whatever level they reached was about the daylighting and the shading for energy and for using of natural light so in that there's a lot to be gained absolutely Adrian, from your standpoint, uh, having one company or two that you are used to using, and as an integrator and somebody who starts who who designs systems and specifies product, does how do how do you co- incorporate uh, the old company into the new company if maybe you've never used them before? Ooh, good question. A, a lot of times, those decisions are made way before an integration firm is involved in a project. So that's done by either the architect or even, you know, an interior designer or the client or even a lighting designer or just the electrician. So, you know, uh, nine times out of ten, all we're asking for is I just need a, you know, a network or 232 interface so I can talk to it if you want to have that functionality on or in the control system. Uh, I mean, it's interesting to see... Um, where Legrand may be trying to um, merge this company in with their Watt Stopper product, which is a you know a very kind of interesting low voltage, um, quick termination module based um, lighting control system. 
that uh, does a lot of really kind of interesting things. And, and, and in fact, uh, we're working on a project where we're going to be integrating with it for probably one of the very first times I've ever worked with it. So reading about a lot of these new kind of systems has been very interesting for me. But when we look at a lot of the um, players like Legrand and, and others, is they're bringing in a lot of these um, companies that generally haven't played on a larger stage, and they're bringing them into their portfolios to either shore up things they don't have, or they're seeing something in their forecasting that they said, well, rather than us R&D something, we might as well bring something you know ahead. And, and as you mentioned in like last week's show, just the amount of um, mergers and acquisitions happening in the industry within just this last year has been astonishing. All right, Mr. Mr. Bradford, uh, Ben, not for nothing. Yeah, he works for Harmon International when he's not on vacation. Uh, you guys have a couple of different control uh, options in, in the Harmon family. What does this do for for that area, for, for control and, and for the move towards uh, building automation and, and, and smart building automation? Uh, I think it's a good thing. I think Legrand having it will start the conversation earlier uh, because electrical contractors and architects are used to talking with Legrand about their other products. Uh, I th I'm a little interested in looking at the portfolio they're putting together based on owning Middle Atlantic, cables to go, etc. But I also think, to Adrian's point, of this starts coming into the control system. Of this for the AV industry can be a great leaping off point. Of the fact that, you know, okay, you have Legrand and their shade equipment as in the system, uh, so let's actually control it now. Uh, you know, and make the entire room work together. So an AMX control system, yes, I work for them. I have to say that, my personal opinion, or it could be Crestron, or it could be Extron, or it could be a PLC, or it could be take your control system of choice, uh, can now interface into this because the customer's thinking, oh, I can control my lighting and my shading. Wouldn't it be nice when I press the DVD button, all this stuff happens, and it starts the conversation. Uh, I think... It's a great thing. The fact that it goes in with the lighting system becomes huge uh, because now it starts to actually become a fully integrated system of let me change the environment in here so I have one for teleconferencing, one for watching movies in 3D, one for you know video, one for me sleeping in the afternoon, all those types of things. So I think it's a good thing. I think uh, to Adrian's point of it needs to be controllable via IP. I refuse to do RS-232 because I can't solder those DB9 connectors anymore. Uh, so what happens, well, what, what happens when, you hit a certain, when you hit a certain age, Bradford? I'm just going to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I can still solder those. Just Yeah, yeah but I have people who will solder them for me. There you go. You know, they also make a crimp version. They do make a crimp version. Yes, you're right. They do make a C. You could still do 232. Why would I want, get me a laptop that has 232? Uh, and this isn't give me BGA five problem. minutes and I can get you one. <laughs> okay. All right. Without a dongle. Uh, I do think overall it's a good thing for us. Christian, we're going to get the, the your manufacturing standpoint uh, on, the, on this side or the, the company standpoint on this side. Combining two companies that on, on paper sort of kind of do the same thing. Legrand has, has been in the infrastructure business for a long time. They're adding another leg. They're adding another offering to what they have. How do you do that as seamlessly as possible? How do you integrate two different companies like this as seamlessly as possible? 
that's 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 quite a good question from the management standpoint yeah you have to get the teams aligned and and get the different product ideas aligned so that uh, there's there's seamless interaction between the teams i I've, i don't know if how how legrand wants to uh, integrate them do they want to fully integrate them into their portfolio or do they keep them as a separate company that runs independently? So I'm, I, I don't know where the direction goes there, and it's not completely clear from the press release. That's a good point. Uh, Real quickly yeah. on that, I, I mean, interrupt you, but um, they've done both, right? Um, good friends of ours, uh, actually an underwriter for Aviation is a company called Middle Atlantic. It's mm. a grand company. Yeah. So it sits by itself, right? But but it's yeah. still part of the grand. Uh, and yet they they have in the past integrated other products underneath that that Legrand um, that Legrand brand. Yeah, so that that's that's a major question. How how will or how do they plan to operate it? Definitely, it's it's a very good to know that they have it in their portfolio. So if you are an integrator or or as Adrian said, the decision is often made before by the architect or by one of the contractors. Uh, you know that you have the full portfolio available and I think that's in general a, a very good thing because if I think in our enterprise installations knowing that you cannot just with large AV installations uh, integrate the lighting situation but also the shading is is a perfect thing and, and you get the holistic light environment uh, which you can control. All right, very good. Uh, all right, guys, last story here for today. Most likely, uh, if we blast through this one, we, we do have one kind of in our back pocket. Uh, from Innovate on the Net, Glasses-free 3D cinema is one step closer after a team from MIT's Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence Lab and Israel's Wiseman Institute of Science presented an approach that covered every seat in a theater. The prototype, called Cinema 3D, uses an array of lenses and mirrors to deliver the 3D effect to an audience. Mr. Boyd, I'm going to start with you. I will... Wait, wait, wait up. I want you to read the next paragraph. I don't want to read the... I want to... I was like... On the MIT website, Wojcik Matusik and MIT... Oh, shut up. Um, <laughs> Adrian, why are we still talking about 3D? I don't know. Um, I think Hollywood is still... We got to separate this in two camps. One is you have Hollywood still trying to um, sell a product and have people go to and see it in the theaters, right? You had it try to happen in the in the residential environment, and it fizzled pretty badly for a lot of the reasons that everyone doesn't like 3D is the glasses mm. and the cost. You know, everyone has to have glasses, and if you weren't sitting in the sweet spot, it didn't look good. Um, what was interesting about this is this article, when you watch the video, the content that they were showing isn't 3D content. It's 2D content that's being faked with that um, screen. It, it's a modified sort of a parallax screen with a whole bunch of mirrors to innate to, to fake it out. And, and what's interesting about that is um, with a screen, now do you you can make 2D content almost 3D. Now, you do you, when you look at a cinema projector, do you actually have to have a 3D lens, which is a, a pain in the butt to set up and 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 get uh, focused correctly? Because as soon as it's not focused right, it looks terrible and things look soft. Um, but you also, uh, I mean, I, there's a, there was another article that was released that MIT came out. It's a parallel group to this that 
is doing 3D holograms off an inkjet printer using the similar type of technology in terms of um, the the parallax and the mirroring applications. But now basically what they're doing is they're, they're layering multiple elements together. So we look at these two together, you're almost seeing that that's kind of how they're kind of getting this technology to work. Um, but I, I, I would rather see holograms in the hollow deck <laughs> than, than 3D. Um, you know, we want to look at, say, a big blockbuster. Look at Star Trek, or I should say Star Wars, because I saw all the new Star Wars in IMAX 3D, regular, real 3D, and in 2D. 2D looked far better as a presented medium than both of those two 3D mediums. Um, because if you take your glasses off watching a 3D movie in the cinema, not all the entire film is in 3D. It's no. only specific elements at specific times. Let's bring Bradford uh, on that, too, because he, he did the exact same thing as you did for the, for the last Star Wars movie, which was to see it, and I believe it in three different formats. Yes. Bradford, why are we talking still about, about 3D? And, and I say we. MIT is not exactly some backwoods community college. You know, it, it's a significant <laughs> school. Yo, so I'll give you my, my opinion. First of all, to, to Adrian's point, uh, it depends on the movie as to whether or not they do the entire thing in 3D. Star Wars decided to only poke your eyes out in 3D in certain places. Other movies like uh, what was uh, Gravity decided to poke your eyes out all the time. Uh, but then you look at something like Toy Story or a Pixar movie where they actually render the entire movie in 3D by putting the cameras in the virtual world 1.5 inches apart, it does a pretty dang good 3D effect. Now, having said that, I think it's a great move to get people out of the home into the cinema, which is good for all of us, uh, especially us as manufacturers who make cinema products, to be fair. But I also think that this technology... Uh, is used to give the oh wow factor. The I don't want to watch this at home. I want to. I want to see a big a big impact. I want to be enveloped. I want to have Dolby Atmos or or Harman's QLI uh, cinema processor so that I have 64 channels of audio fully enveloping me. But I couple that with the fact that I'm not sure this is going to be able to be deployed full scale after reading it with the 50 moving mirrors and all that stuff of the. How well is it going to scale to a large screen? What about the people who have poor vision as Adrian, myself, and George adjust our glasses? Uh, those of you who follow my rants on Twitter know I always watch the t 2D version of the movie whenever possible. Because when a company like Disney makes 3D and spends millions of dollars on it and I sit in the sweet spot and it still doesn't work for me, I don't think anything's going to work for me just based on my eyesight. So I think it's a big deal because it helps get people out. I also think there are other applications that we're missing, which is probably why MIT was looking at it. Uh, let's use the Mars rover as an example. It sends down 2D stereoscopic images. Wouldn't it be great to bring those down into a 3D look at it or at a command and control center to be able to see a network pipeline get thicker, for lack of a phrase, as it gets fuller of bandwidth. And I think those applications are bigger for data visualization than for entertainment of so, this technology. So basically a way to feel, as long as you can see the 3D, a way to feel like you're on the surface of Mars. 
for yes. the 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 probe that just went into into Jupiter, a way to see the the great storm on Jupiter. In, in yeah, 3D. I think it's a it's a great data visualization tool, and I wonder if that's what the act. I didn't read all the article. Uh, I'm on vacation, uh, but being that it was presented at the SIGGRAPH Computer Graphics Conference in Anaheim, which was when I was actually there, because uh, I was there for other stuff. The fact that it was at that conference and not at Cinema West or other cinema shows. Or CES. A, yeah. That makes me make lean it towards data visualization and command and control and large data sets. Like for those of us who work with stuff like, oh, keeping a website up in the tag cloud. Can you imagine how great it would be to have a 3D tag cloud without having to put on glasses? I don't know if a 3D tag cloud would be cool. So. Oh, I, I love that idea, and I hate 3D. Christian, uh, from your standpoint, why do you think we're still talking about 3D? Oh, it's quite simple. Uh, if you if you look uh, on this funny uh, conference image, I think it was in Barcelona, the the um, uh, the last mobile phone conference where this this uh, great image was, where Mark Zuckerberg runs through a hall with thousands of attendees who all have glasses on. Uh, it would be a much nicer picture if nobody has glasses on and sees a full immersed 3D experience. So it's quite clear what uh, the use of it would be. Uh, of course, the technology that is presented here by MIT is quite advanced. And the question is, do you get it to such large audiences in a working environment? That's that's definitely the question. All right, Mr. Tucker, last last word on this before we uh, before we hit the weekend. Are we? Is it a good thing, I guess, or why are we still talking about this? Moybridge would be proud, wouldn't he? Oh, he would really be proud. Yes. I, and and I say that because we've been through this. Um, I think we've been through this in the sense that for certain applications this works, but that whole parallax image thing, even with the multiple parallaxes in retrograding, whatever. I've seen some of this stuff that was done at a bunch of government shows. I saw some of it at Infocom when we were in the height of 3D is the salvation. It still looks like your 50s card. It still looks like that 3D printing that Adrian mentioned. I don't know, as Bradford said, whether they can scale it up or not. I'm not impressed, and I don't think it really is the future for at least large-scale commercial or residential implications. I could be wrong. I was wrong about the gestures, maybe, but I just it really does strike to me as it's stereo, you know, stereoscopic. It can be done. Why are we going through all this? No one's really going to buy it. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and I was a part of those as well. Well, well, good good friend of the shows. Um, Michael Drainer and I were were sit, running around the the show. Good Lord, oh seven, oh eight, uh, maybe even oh nine, and it was the the first iteration of glasses free three free, glasses free three D. Michael has an astigmatism, uh, still wears glasses. He and I are standing right next to each other in the sweet spot. He can't see anything. Well, he can. You know, it's it's two D to him, and and I can see it. So yeah, it's, until they figure out a way to, to overcome some of the medical issues people have. I still don't I just still don't see it. So I still think it's just copy protection for the home. No, it's not. All right. Well and you also have to remember how how your brain and your eyes process two D, three D images. And the one of the big things is your brain your eyes see two D, your brain makes it three D. So when you watch a three D movie, your brain is going I, I, it, it freaks out. People get headaches, and so, you get so you're tired. saying, so you're saying that the people who can't see 3D, there's something wrong with them mentally. Is that what you're saying, Adrian? <laughs> no, they're just smarter than us. Oh, <laughs> I'll go with that. Yes, that's true. True statement. All right, statement. Mr. Boyd, thank you, sir. Thank you. How do people get a hold of you and or AVI Systems? 
Well, they can certainly look AVI up on the web, um, and uh, you know, it's an easy search. Don't confuse us with AVI SPL. We're different same companies. Different companies, same first three letters, but we're AVI Systems, and uh, we're uh, we have about uh, 16, 17 offices all over the country. You can find me on Twitter. I'm the AV Cad Guy. That's uh, AV underscore Cad Guy. There's lots of underscores. It's a long Twitter handle. It's a but long you can Twitter. Find me there. We'll put it That's on the it. website so that way people all can right. click on the link. I know how to do that. No, <laughs> perfect. Go ahead, Mr. Ben. Thank you, sir. Uh, my pleasure. I enjoyed ruining my coming out of vacation for this. Oh. So my weekend's continuing. Uh, you're going to ask how can people find me? Yes. I am currently ankle deep updating and fixing the AV Nation website, so you can go there and find me. Uh, you can not bother following me and follow TD Albright on Twitter, or you can follow <laughs> me at Bradford Ben on Twitter or BradfordBen.com, or just search Bradford Ben. And if you really want to have fun, go to the Infocom site and search for Bradford Ben on the CTS certification because I got one, and Chuck, you owe me a barbecue. And Christian, we apologize for subjecting you to me on your first AV Nation. Oh, no. You had it, no it, idea what you were getting it, into. Here's the thing. <laughs> Christian's a manufacturer. You're a manufacturer, so it was all groovy. Christian, thank you, sir. Christian Dougal from Umaskin. How do people find you? Uh, best is go to www.umiskin.com and there you find our solutions. As I said before, we built large semantic walls which bring up content from the web or internal databases and present it to you in a very interactive and nicely way in digital signage systems. So umaskin.com is the way to find me. Right, very Thank good. you very much for being part of this. Absolutely. Uh, last but not least, Mr. Tucker, sir, how do people get a hold of you? Of course, anywhere on social media at Tucker2s. I write for Commercial Integrator Higher Ed Tech and various other trade journals of note. Very good. Uh, and he's a member of the KISS Army. And he's a member of the KISS Army. If you're watching the I video, there's... I actually have the patch. He has uh, he has the patch and he has the, the dolls, <laughs> uh, the Barbie dolls. Up, um, I don't have the dolls, no. Um, they were amigos. He, he, lost Barbies. Them in, he lost them in the fourth divorce. Uh, my name is Tim Albright. Don't follow me. Uh, but go by the website, avnation.tv. Avnation.tv. You will find this program and a host of others. I have a brand new uh, weekly uh, residential show where we take this format and talk about everything residential. Uh, we have, uh, Bradford mentioned our new uh, MH show, uh, My Humble Opinion. We have three uh, AV professionals talking for about 10, 15 minutes uh, about uh, what their thoughts are on everything from uh, augmented reality uh, to Infocom to social media and everything in between. Uh, new social, uh, RAV social show, a new ed tech coming down the pipe, and a new uh, state of control coming down. So avnation.tv, avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. This has been AV Week. Oh, my God.